And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Cape Joel, and I... Usually I like to customize these and have something interesting added on them, but I got I, I got nothing, Matt. I got nothing this week. Is it too tired, too exhausted? It was, it was a big day. I, I had a big day. <laughs> How was your day, Matt? Uh, my day's been pretty good. It's still like halfway through the day for me at the moment, so mm. I've just been doing comic reviews and catching up on other work and everything. Yeah, I, uh, I also very stupidly, too, before we started with all that new Fallout 76 news sh uh, shooting around there, I'm like, hey, I should reinstall uh, Fallout 4 and see what new mods are out there. So, you know, that, that took up a big chunk <laughs> of the day, too, with the reinstallation. Like, ooh, I want that, and I want that, I want to try that. Or, ooh, that looks, I don't even know what that is, but put that in the queue. That's the thing, when, whenever you mod, like, something like Fallout or Skyrim, it's like you usually spend more time modding than you do actually playing playing the game absolutely it's it's fun though i had a good time so uh that's uh that's mostly what i have enough to we'll have to uh, play some fallout 76 when it comes out because i know my big deal of it is like well this looks like a big multiplayer mmo this looks like destiny this looks like anthem this looks like any of those uh i don't want to play anything unless i have a friend watching my back <laughs> yeah. so matt you want to watch my back <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah i'm definitely going to be getting I'm, I'm like every other big game that's coming out it starts like on the 7th of spider-man and doesn't stop yeah. until like christmas <laughs> yeah we enter the holiday season i wish i could buy spider-man but again i'm saving my money for new york and i gotta save every penny <laughs> if i want to be able to fly there and back so you'll just have to tell me about it and i know you will i will and i'll probably be streaming some of it of course you're like, hey julie no spider-man dies in the first 50 minutes shut up shut up shut up, shut up. <laughs> i don't know if you're lying if you're not <laughs> Matt loves that trick. Are you lying? Are you joking? You won't know. <laughs> you won't know for a while if I'm telling the truth or not. Uh, but yes, we actually do have a decent amount of news here. It's funny, Matt. I had at least two different people ask me this week in two different videos, when are we going to do another commentary? Yeah, no, I know. I did see that. And I, I think maybe maybe we'll have to do one soon. Yeah, I think the answer to that is as soon as the news dries up, we'll do another commentary and i imagine there's probably not going to be much to talk about next week the, the real question is what do people want to see obviously they want our thoughts on infinity war and that's finally out on dvd now so we can talk about that should we do black panther first before infinity war i feel like we should because black panther leads into infinity war and it would be a weird gap if we didn't talk about black panther first maybe 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 we'll just put it to like a vote like we did the last one of the sure. twitter polls and stuff like that see what people yeah. want. yeah yeah, we can make a straw poll, and you can put that over there in the Discord and everything, and we can try that one out there. But yeah, I know it's been a while since we've had a good old-fashioned commentary, and we should go back to do them. So we'll definitely, we'll definitely be looking to try and do one of those for. You. And I guess, I guess we can save Wonder Woman now for closer to Shazam and Aquaman, so we can have a DC property that we might actually want to talk about. It's funny because I feel like we did Wonder Woman. I know we didn't but i we feel, planned it yeah i think maybe that's what it was yeah i feel like we I, we had done it yeah also hey to anyone out there if you have a copy of the deadpool commentary we did uh send me a copy of it i think it got lost somewhere in conversion between uh podbean to soundcloud to itunes because i was looking through our commentaries and i'm like i know we did a deadpool one i just know we did because obviously with deadpool 2 out now for completionist sake yeah yeah I, I, I so, do remember, and I remember it being one of our better commentaries as well. 
Logan was really solid, but yeah, I think Deadpool was good too. So if someone has Deadpool a copy of it, please send it my way, please, because Joel can't keep track of his own files. This is why Joel needs an intern. <laughs> an intern that I can blame for losing it. How dare you lose that? Chuck, the intern, is his name probably. This is the new lore. <laughs> But yeah, uh, speaking of Deadpool too, and I was, uh, some big news that came out this week from Tim Miller, apparently Deadpool 2 was going to actually feature the cast of Fan 4-Stick. Yeah, yeah, we got like, the the, the, the concept artist for, the, for his movie, his version of the movie was releasing yeah. all these different arts, and yeah, they were having the Fantastic Four back. I imagine it would have been a, like a comedy bit, probably like oh, the course. one with the, the X-Men that was actually in the film. But yeah, yeah, what, you can't afford anybody here? Or it might have been a bit from the end of the movie where he's like, I'm going to go around and clean up all the mistakes time has made. He goes and he kills the fan four stick. Yeah, yeah, something like Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe sort of style. Which I would love that, man. You could have Deadpool versus the fan four stick cast, and that would actually have been pretty amazing. Well, that's that's actually how Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe begins, with him killing the Fantastic Four. <laughs> I know, so there you could just grow it from there. But yeah, funny to think of the road not traveled. I like the new redesigned costumes. Thing is smoking a cigar, actually has pants for a change. Yeah, and looks like the comic thing, not whatever and was looks... in that film. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan has a red suit now because fire. <laughs> but that's okay. Michael B. Jordan didn't care that he didn't get to wear that suit. He did much better. Yeah, he, he got it accepted into the MCU. He's fine. They're they're all doing fine. They're all okay. <laughs> but yeah, interesting to think of the road not traveled to think we were this close. And I could definitely see yeah. that as something they would want to throw on the table for a Deadpool sequel where it's like, really? We can do whatever? We can make fun of anything? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd like to see like what else they had in store, like stuff we, we probably can't see because of, cause yeah. it might be used somewhere else or something. Yeah, or stuff that might be embargoed. Uh, speaking of stuff that uh, I didn't think we would see, but apparently we are going to see, and fairly soon because it's officially been greenlit, uh, HBO's Damon Lindelof's uh, Watchmen series. It's going to series now. No, no turning back. The pilot was accepted. It's going. Can you really call it Watchmen? Because it's more like after Watchmen by the looks of yeah. like all the all like the set photos and what we know of the story because it takes place long after the events of Watchmen. So, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's very misleading to call it Watchmen. This is like Watchmen in name only at this point, the more we hear about it. Basically, yeah. And again, as as we said before, I think you and I both, Matt, lost a lot of interest for this right around the time they said, oh yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a modern take on Watchmen. It's going to take uh, place in 2018. Yeah, it was, mo it was modern, and the, yeah, they were using like current political climates instead of like the yeah. whole Cold War thing, which is... Yeah arguably what made the story really interesting it is because yeah that's that's the thing you you use allegory is what it was it wasn't the 80s when the original watchman came out just like it isn't the 80s now but you use that to talk about what's going on today even the movie which if you love or hate even the movie got what was going on yeah yeah it didn't have to base it in modern times of whenever that movie came out yeah it, well it, that I was going to say, they did put a couple lines in there. Like, there's a line near the end of the movie where they talk about who's going to potentially be elected president. And I think in the comic, it's like, what, some cowboy actor? Talking about Reagan. But in the movie, they dropped the actor part, and they're like, what, some cowboy? <laughs> talking about Bush. 
<laughs> like that's fine. You can make little twists like that if you want, but no, not setting in modern time. I I disagree. I do as well. I wholeheartedly disagree, but you know we're gonna watch the first episode and we'll probably talk about it. Yeah, it, it's a small. If it's a small series, I'll probably watch it all unless that first episode is like literally unwatchable. Mm. Which again, to you know, I, I would love to know, and we'll probably never know because again, he doesn't have a phone and he doesn't shout into the void as much as he used to. What does Alan Moore think of this? Oh, probably what he thinks of Doomsday Clock, probably. Yeah, really. Oh, I'm going back into my cave and you can't get me out. Yeah, he's just happy to receive those royalty checks. That's the thing. What do you think he buys with his royalty checks? Wizard candles, beard wax? Crack. Crack? Yeah, that's it. That's Mushrooms. also probably going <laughs> Oh, they just don't make the hallucinogenics like they used to, I tell you. Not like back in my day. Yeah, yes, they end up getting them from Grant Morrison. He's always got the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap he done bought all the he done bought all the peyote and all of blackpool what are we supposed to do now I, I love i'm making him scottish i'm making him cockney i've walked through every accent i know <laughs> this is why i'm not an actor everyone <laughs> uh, matt was making matt was making alan moore sound australian he might have just been talking i don't know <laughs> then joel made him sound canadian he had an a at the end of it <laughs> But yeah, that's HBO. I think we can agree we're a little indifferent on that, but something mm. that Matt and I can both agree that we're not indifferent on, and I actually want to let Matt take the lead on this one, we kind of out of the blue got the trailer for Star Wars Resistance, the next uh, animated Star Wars outing. Yeah, and for a kid's show, it looks really great. Yes, it does. That, I Because that's, of... that's what it is, a, a kid's show. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for being one of the sensible Star Wars fans. I really, I really sometimes feel like you and I are the last two sensible Star Wars fans. <laughs> it feels we're like, like that. We're like, oh, this looks fun. Oh, I can enjoy this for what it is. Oh, you know, Rebels started out kind of softer, and so did Clone Wars, but boy, did they get more mature as time went on. Exactly. I don't know why people are so up in arms about this. And always, Star Wars has been very kid-centric. Star Wars doesn't match what's in my mind anymore, and because of that, I don't like any of it. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, though. But, did, but didn't you spend years in between prequels asking for more Star Wars? Yes, and now that I have it, I don't want it. Yes, because Disney. Because Disney and reasons, apparently. It's all, it's all very strange. It's all very, very strange. Almost to the point where I'm like, was I this annoying by not liking the prequels? I don't think I was. No, I can't even remember. Like, I, didn't, I still don't like the prequels, but I'm not you know, constantly going online and saying how bad they are and how George Lucas fucked everything up. Mm. I think, I think everyone, at the end of the day, a lot of the louder voices there, I think they think they're red letter media, but they're not. Yeah, that's that's the problem with it. <laughs> that's the problem. Like re yeah, like red letter media sat down, researched, wrote, yeah. did a bunch of stuff. It's not the same. Now, that being said, to talk about what we've seen in Resistance, this, I guess this is the closest we've seen to a Star Wars series in peacetime, yes. See, I don't know, because we know it's set six months before The Force Awakens right so that's why pose there kinda peacetime right well the, kinda the, not because the first order is still there well they're talking in the synopsis where it's like okay you're gonna be part of like a special rogue squadrony type uh flight uh unit 
that's going to go and try and gather more information on the First Order. Assumedly, this show is actually going to give us a lot more explanation as to what the First Order actually are, if you haven't read a book or an appendices or something else. I, I really hope so, yeah. And the thing that I, and I was talking about this when I learned that it was six months before The Force Awakens, because mm. we obviously have the Poe Dameron comic, which yes. is, takes place the months leading up to The Force Awakens before mm. moving on. So, like, so when Poe isn't on screen... Yeah, yeah, he's often issued five or something. <laughs> yeah. But hey, that's another thing too, where it's like, you know, people may piss and moan about Disney's handling of Star Wars. So far, the continuity is all very tight and it's tighter than it ever was under Lucas's. That's what I was going to say. It's been, it's all coherent. It has no like real inconsistencies and everything. If they are, they're very minor ones. Like yeah. I think like the one that I see people always talk about is like, a character's eye color changes between a book mm. and a movie. I'm like, well, that's nothing. Yeah. Uh, another thing too, for all the pissing and moaning being like, Oh, you know, Disney destroyed my beloved legends can. And they destroyed my extended universe. Nah, dude, it's still there. And also Thrawn is canon now because of Disney. A bunch of other stuff that wasn't canon before is canon now because of Disney. And it wasn't under Lucas. Lucas was ambivalent to most yeah. of the expanded universe stuff. He didn't know it. He didn't care. He outsourced that to other people and cashed the check. Yeah, he never read any of them. He, he didn't consider them his canon for his movies. Yeah. So, yeah, it technically never was canon. <laughs> Yeah, with Disney, you're probably closer to getting what you want than anything else, because clearly they have a think tank of people who ask, well, what do people like from the expanded universe? Oh, they like Thrawn and the Zahn books. Okay, cool, let's put them in then. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get Zahn back to write him into this new universe. Exactly, where it's like, what are you complaining about? <laughs> what what could they possibly do uh, for Star Wars Resistance to put stuff in canon? Now, there's a lot of places they could go with it. There's a lot of stuff they could add yeah yeah there's heaps they can add there's like like in that little trailer we got like new characters and ships mm. and locations and everything yep. so there's definitely a lot to to um pick from that for sure you wanted to know more about the first order watch this show apparently you wanted to know the origins of snoke maybe they'll tell you here maybe maybe the the interesting thing is as well that obviously we have the clone wars coming out as well so like yes is this going to run for a certain number of seasons then just mm. move over to clone wars or is this just going to keep going or interesting i i'm still shocked and surprised that clone wars came back period which again i think the star <laughs> wars brand is super strong where it's like hey and here's the clone wars thing you liked yeah i can't wait for that yeah that'll be fun so that's star wars resistance matt and i like it let that <laughs> reign throughout the internet matt and joel the two people who liked resistance <laughs> Uh, and from there, from one space thing to another space thing, uh, Marvel announced a ton of brand new miniseries this week, like a shocking amount of new miniseries. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the first one we got here that was announced early in the week, The Black Order, is going to be getting their very own six-issue miniseries, taking place after the events of Avengers No Surrender, where they were resurrected, but kind of without masters and without a direction. Yeah, as I said when this was announced, the job is that everyone seemed to really love for some reason in Infinity War are finally getting actual character development. Yeah, and not just being henchmen and other stuff. It, it warms my heart truly, Matt, every time that you use the term job, or especially tonight, which is SummerSlam as we record this. Much jobbing is going on on television as we record this. <laughs> 
but yeah, that's that's cool. I like this idea. I I really enjoyed what they did with them in No in Avengers No Surrender, really kind of building them as a team and not just you know like a bunch of bloodthirsty henchmen. Yeah, yeah, they gave them a little bit of character in that, and I imagine that's going to lead into uh, this this book with um them obviously being resurrected and kind of going off on their own. Yeah, you gotta wonder too, because it's like okay. Thanos was your master, then, like, the the Grandmaster was your master. Or, no, no, Grandmaster was the other guy. It was uh, uh, the other... Challenger. Yeah, it was Challenger who picked them. So Challenger was your master. He's gone now, too. Who, who are you going to side with? Are you going to work for yourself? It'll be interesting, too, to see what time period this takes place in uh, in regard to Infinity Wars and everything, because obviously Thanos is dead right now yeah yeah again yeah be very interesting to see what maybe it ties in with that and them trying to get revenge on on requiem they might not know it's gamora and maybe trying yeah. to get revenge on her might be trying to gather the stones for themselves or something interesting along yeah. those lines yeah yeah should be fun i'm excited for that one yeah uh another new one they had here from donny cates web of venom carnage born a special one shot to reintroduce Carnage into this brand new Venom mythos that Donny Cates has been writing. Again, <laughs> normally I'd roll my eyes. Normally I'd make the little jack-off motion, but goddamn Donny Cates' Venom has been so <laughs> fucking sweet. I can't wait to see what he does with Carnage. I feel, I feel like it's 1994 again, Matt. <laughs> yeah, you've been telling me about it, and it has been sounding very good, and all of Donny Cates' other books have been amazing mm. so far. So, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him that this one's going to be great as well, and he's actually going to make Carnage actually have some type of character development and some type yeah. of backstory. <laughs> The, uh, the idea is is that Carnage was killed at the end of Venomized. I know, I didn't read it either. Who the fuck would? It's called Venomized. Sounds stupid. Again, this this is pre-Donny Cates before Venom was awesome again. <laughs> but yeah, apparently Carnage died there and his parts were scattered to the wind. So now a Carnage-worshipping cult is trying to get back all the pieces and rebuild him. Nice. Yeah, I'm like, all right, that's cool. I'm I'm down with that. That's that sounds suitably horrific. Sign me up. <laughs> Should be good. And again, yeah, if, if he can give half the characterization and gravitas that he's given Eddie Brock right now to Cletus Cassie, I think we're gonna be in good hands. And obviously this is tying in to a bigger thing where, you know, this is the return of Carnage, so Carnage can be a villain again in the Venom book. That's cool. Yeah, I'm all on board with that. Uh, but um, but um, what else do we have here? Oh, uh, here was an unexpected one: Daredevil and Misty Knight, Year One, a mini series from Erica Schultz. Yep. Yeah. All right. Again, cool. going back and retelling and recontextualizing when Daredevil first met Misty Knight. I I can only assume this is doing no small part to the fact of how popular Misty Knight has now become on the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. She's. She's been very popular. She was really great in the uh, Weapon Lost Hunt for Wolverine book. Um, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm surprised it's Daredevil and Misty Knight. It's probably because, hey, we really like Misty Knight. We're glad she's doing good. Oh, but we don't trust her on her own with her own miniseries, though. We've always teamed her up with the Daughters of the Dragon or the Heroes for Hire or something, which is so weird that they trust Shuri with a solo series all to herself. But, oh, Misty Knight, you get a mini, and you have to tag along with Daredevil as well. Yeah, that 
that doesn't seem very right. I, I would have liked it if it was like her and Frank McGee because their relationship in mm. that Weapon Lost book was really great, and they were like yeah. they were great partners for each other. And even in the newest Daredevil arc right now, Frank McGee is back and playing a big part. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've heard. It's uh, it's the new Phil Noto drawn stuff. You would like it, and it's a good jumping on point. Awesome. Yeah, so and that goes for everyone out there who's not reading Daredevil right now. The art finally matches the storytelling, so go go check it out, damn it. <laughs> check it out and joke and talk about Daredevil more. Not enough people. Not enough people are talking about Daredevil. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I say that. The coffee shop, why aren't more people talking about Daredevil? The public pool, why aren't more of you talking about Daredevil? And you get thrown out of all of them. And I get thrown so many places I can't go back to anymore. <laughs> Just raving about Daredevil. Uh, you know, it's something else we might be raving about, Matt. Uh, obviously, Extermination was this week. The book that seeks to answer the question, what are we going to do with all these time travel mutants? We're tripping over them. We got too many. Maybe we should kill them or send them back. This begged the bigger question, what about old man Logan, though? He's also a time-displaced X-Men, but technically time-displaced from the future. What are you going to do with him? Dead. Fucking kill him. We're going to kill him, too, but he gets his own 12-issue maxi-series to explain how that goes, and it's called <laughs> Old Man... Or, no, it's called Dead Man Logan. <laughs> that, I think that's going to be cool. Is it going to be written by the same people writing Old Man Logan? Yes, Ed Bresson. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's, Which, do, he's doing extermination, isn't he? He's writing extermination yeah. right now. So he, he got that job. Ed, we need you to kill all these mutants. Can you do it? <laughs> oh, can I? <laughs> I'll I'll do it, sir. Or he probably said, I'll do it, eh, because Ed Bresson's actually Canadian. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. I, I will fully admit that I did not give Ed Bresson a chance. The first thing I read of his was his uh, Bullseye miniseries. Yeah. Which I didn't think was very good, but a lot of that's not his fault because it's hard to write Bullseye as a main character because he shouldn't be a main character. Mm-hmm. He works when he's skulking around in the shadows and you don't know what's going on in his head. But uh, between Extermination, which I read right now and really enjoyed, and the fact that he's going to be taking the reins on most of this new X-Men stuff moving into the future, I feel like I should go back and read the old man Logan stuff I missed because I quit after Jeff Lemire's run was I done. because well. he ended. Because he ended it in such a nice place. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's the end now. To do any more after this would be sacrilege. This was such a nice ending. But no, apparently he went back and or went forward in time again and fought the maestro. Yeah. He fought Bullseye in the future. Apparently he's been fighting all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, he fought the Red Samurai, who may or may not have been one of his other illegitimate children. There's a whole thing going on. <laughs> Apparently it's been good, so like, here's the thing. Maybe maybe that'll be a, a story so far video. Be like, hey, what did you miss in Old Man Logan? Because I do want to read this, and it sounds like to truly appreciate it, I'm going to need to go back. Yeah. Also, Marvel must love the idea of getting to be like, look, look, look. We get, we get to double dip into the money pot. We get to <laughs> reap the benefits of bringing Wolverine back to life over here and killing him again at the same time. <laughs> Think of the sales think of this it's all wolverine oh god he's alive and he's dead and he's old and he's young it's the baths <laughs> so fucking good <laughs> uh but yeah this uh this one actually looks fun and yeah that was that was surprising to see so many like new miniseries get announced all at once yeah yeah 
this kind of seems to be like a new like new publication, new marching order thing for Marvel, where it's like, look, let's keep the actual books we have right now small in run, but we'll do lots of interesting little one shots and miniseries. Yeah, the, yeah, the, that's what they seem. Yeah, they, they've got like Spider Geddon coming up. They're doing like a bunch of one shots for that. They got all these Century. new ones, Century. Yeah, they've gotten all these little series and, and it seems to be working i think we've talked about it before like it seems to be working for them yeah and i'm sure the marching order for all of these are is hey when any of these sell really good or if any of these get really good in you know critical acclaim let's totally keep these going yeah yeah let's do like a, a volume two but make it an ongoing or something yeah for sure uh but dum what was the last piece of news here before we talk about what we read this week oh oh i, I saved the sad serious news for last because i figure that would be a good way to do it uh again keeping up with the ever ongoing story the saga of james gunn and disney apparently variety reported earlier in the week that uh the word from on high was that disney will not be moving from their previous statement they will not be rehiring him but again, it's all very vague, and that's not to say that they couldn't get him back on something down the line, that they couldn't get him in a producer role. But the general feeling seems to be Disney stepped in it. They know they stepped in it, but they can't admit they're wrong because that would be worse for them. Yeah, this whole situation is just so weird because, like, one, they, they're they not going to be bringing him back. They fired him, but they'll use yeah. his script. His script. But, so he'll get a writing credit. To, yeah, which seeks to say that they're not that angry at him. Yeah, and then, like, so if that's the case, why not just bring him back to direct it? If you've got to use, like, him for half the job, bring him back for the whole job. <laughs> because we, cause the mouse cannot look weak, Matt. The mouse cannot seem like he flip-flops. I, I don't know if you follow Americans, but Americans really hate flip-flop, and apparently it's the worst thing you can do. But but doesn't making informed decisions actually show a good sign of leadership that you learned and researched? And nope, nope, can't flip-flop. If I'm wrong, I need to be wrong to the bitter end. <laughs> that shows strength, damn it. <laughs> shows stubbornness is what that shows. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that news as it stands right now. Again, uh, online Dave Batista, who has been a real champ on this one. Really, all the Guardians uh, actors have really been taken up for Gunn in a way that you never see in situations like this, which again, I think speaks volumes to the type of guy that he actually is to those who know him, that they're willing to go to bat for him on this one. Uh, he was he was talking some mad shit about <laughs> Disney on Twitter, like, dude... Like, dude, I respect what you're doing, man. That's some cojones. But he is just, he was basically saying, I dare you to fire me. <laughs> yeah, and it, it could very well happen. I, I get why he's, like, defending Gunn, because Gunn is basically the reason why he got serious about acting. Yes, for real. Again, and, Dave Bautista wouldn't be near as big in Hollywood if it was not for Gunn. Yeah, yeah. So you can understand why he's he's coming to bat for him. But yeah, he's, he's getting very close to that line where we're going to see like a headline where they cast like, I don't know, Brock Lesnar as, as, as Drax <laughs> or something. <laughs> hey, Brock Lesnar is Drax. And eh, Brock Lesnar, he wouldn't show up. He'd only show up for a couple hours a day and then, you know, go kill an animal with his bare hands and eat its flesh. <laughs> And they'll be like, that'll be fifty million dollars for every time I show up. Are you, are you, are you gonna do more than a couple moves and a couple words? Nope. 
You want to tell me no? Not you, you genetic freak. You do whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want, you human avatar of rage. <laughs> Which is funny because, you know, you want to you wanna get people in trouble for shit they said in the past. Look, You don't have to look too far for shit Brock Lesnar said in the past. <laughs> That'll get him in trouble. He said quite a few things. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the the whole James Gunn thing, it's just for goddamn ridiculous. I wish Disney would grow up again. It sends a terrible message. And I especially wish they got their shit together when they saw what went down with Dan Harmon and Sarah Silverman and Patton Oswalt. And when these same cyber Nazis, for the lack of a better word, tried to pull the same fake outrage trick on them, you know, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, all the places that these people worked for were like, no, fuck off. Yeah, it's like yeah, we get it. We we know what you're doing. We don't care. Yeah, yeah. Go go away. It's not it's not gonna work on us. So to think, Disney, the Mouse House, this big monolith, got played <laughs> by internet shitheads is really hard to fathom. Yeah, well, it doesn't. You know, you could be the the richest company on the on the planet, which is pretty much they are. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still and, get played and... by some some guy in the basement somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, can't can't buy common sense. Can't buy a clue. It re it really is like the modern equivalent of like, ooh, I bought these magic outrage beans and I traded my golden cow for it. <laughs> Disney, what did you do? I was just gonna build a beanstalk. You'll see. <laughs> Disney, you're acting really weird about. This. You're acting weird about it. <laughs> god damn it uh but yeah that's that's that news for this week everyone i get the strong feeling this isn't the last we're going to be talking about it though no no i feel like we're going to get something else yeah maybe it'll quiet down for a little bit but uh who's to say i guess from there we can hop on over into what we read this week and it was a it was a lighter week this week i feel like a lot of the big books are getting delayed and pushed back they really are they they it it's... seems like that doesn't it it's getting quite weird. Like, here's the thing. I wasn't going to cover Spider-Geddon, but it's Sunday now, and I'm going to need more content for the channel, so I might have to cover Spider-Geddon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's really funny to, like, see, like, because I'm so used to, like, the, the DC Rebirth schedule where we have, oh, we have an action mm -hmm. comics, and then, then we have a Superman, and then we have, like, a week where there's not really anything. Then it's back to action comics, then Superman and Detective yep. and all that. But now it's all over the place. Again, if you want another sign of the pendulum spinning the other way and maybe DC dropping the ball, they got one too many prima donnas on these books now. It's like, hey, Bendis, when's Superman going to be done? When it's done. Yeah, when I get around to it. Hey, Tom, hey uh, how's that doomsday clock coming? When it's done. <laughs> when's, uh, what about this Heroes in Crisis Sanctuary, Batman, when it's done. <laughs> so speaking of Batman, let's talk about Batman. Let's the big the big finale to Twelve Angry Batman to Mister Smith Goes to Gotham the legal saga of our time Matt yeah I I didn't mind the story I didn't neither did I it it, it was passable it, it it did feel to me like with this last issue that Tom King wrote fifty two issues just so he could write this issue <laughs> this really more than the wedding more yeah. than anything else well, the, i think that's why truly, he broke them up so he could write this 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 is the culmination of tom king's work on batman a whole situation where he can speak through bruce wayne to a bunch of people who love and worship batman think he's unto a god fans fans it's a room full of super fans <laughs> basically and he can and he can tell them why they're stupid and they're wrong 
that's that's basically it <laughs> that is the whole reason and also also like have a weird little diversion about batman and his religious leanings where batman comes out as an atheist which i kind of always secretly believed anyway in my own personal headcanon because he hangs out with martians and amazons and you know aliens that would completely disprove the existence of a judeo-christian god as he appears in the bible but then you also get weird shit where it's like but batman you you, you fucking know Zariel, who's an actual honest-to-God fucking angel. <laughs> you've seen the hand of creation, the god. Yeah. Big god, yeah, basically. S- yeah, you've seen the hand of creation. Also, hey, when your buddy Green Arrow died, he went to Judeo-Christian heaven. And when Green Lantern, your buddy Hal, died, he became the specter, the human embodiment of God's <laughs> anger. <laughs> nope, atheist. Uh, magic, wizards and shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at least have him be an agnostic, right? It's like, I don't know what to believe. That's fair. There's lots of shit out there you don't know what to believe. That's okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed the, the, like, deconstruction and, like, the little hit at, like, people who think Batman's a god when really he isn't. Um, It's 22 pages of Tom King telling people off. Yeah, I liked it all the way up until... I think the second last page where we get like a talk with, between him and Alfred and Alfred's like, Oh, oh. you bribed yourself onto the, ju- onto the jury. And like, Oh, Oh, this is interesting. This completely undercuts the entire story. I was waiting yes, for this it to does. happen. Cause this is what Tom King does. He cannot leave well enough alone. He cannot help, but write one more word. And it's beautiful. Cause up until now, this whole story was all about Bruce Wayne saying, you know, oh, yeah, I don't like the shadow that Batman casts over the legal system. Batman's not infallible. He's a man. He should not be able to, you know, uh, affect the justice system in the way that he does. It's unfair. It's un-American. It's unconstitutional. Yeah. And to show how much I care about law and order, yeah, I bribed my way onto this uh, jury so I can affect it using my money and power. Yeah. Oh, and, so. You- and and that and that 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 brings the thing opens the door basically like well what's stopping him from doing it again to anyone exactly yeah they never say well, i'm like well what's stopping batman from brutalizing another criminal is he just gonna buy his way onto another jury sure he talked these 11 other people out of <laughs> believing batman's a god what about every other trial that's gonna go on from here to forever with every one of his the, villains the millions of other people that live in gotham he's convinced 12 fucking people <laughs> Again, this this is also so indicative of Tom King. Tom King's like, I'm going to pull the thread on this sweater because I'm so clever and I'm so fun. And it works in 12-issue bites like Vision and Mr. Miracle. And, you know, I'll have someone else clean it up. No, no, stop pulling threads on Batman. If you keep pulling threads, we're literally just going to have – and we just have fabric now because you pulled that string too hard. <laughs> and also it's like the most roundabout way to get him into the, the old costume as well. That too. Oh, Alfred, I'm so sad. My relationship with Catwoman broke up. Bring me my undies on the outside. <laughs> I need to remember who I was. I'm like, you, you, you remember who you are. You, yeah, and, you don't have amnesia. And, and this is like the the weird thing as well. The whole issue. I'm like, well, if, if he's talking about like how he how he Batman wasn't there to catch him when Selita broke up with him, like he couldn't just fall yeah. back into Batman. I'm like. You seem to be pretty mentally scarred by this. If only someone had a clinic that you could go to, a, uh, a sanctuary of some type. If you will. Yeah, if only. Oh, no, Tom King forgot about that. No, you know the thing you invented, the thing you're building up to? <laughs> Batman's only Batman... too good for that. <laughs> yeah, Batman doesn't believe in psychiatry either. <laughs> 
Batman's actually a Scientologist. Fuck these psychiatrists. <laughs> and I, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Is like, wouldn't it have been cool if they like had a story where like he he goes through all this and like he realizes he needs some help, so he can't yeah. turn to really anyone else, otherwise they'll find out his identity. So he mm-hmm. turns to like Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, who kind of knows his deal is yeah. crazy but is also an anti-hero and a crime fighter yeah that would have been a cool story and and like a psychologist as well and yeah you could somehow talk to with him and everything and yeah that would have been really cool but no and we, then we get him we get him abusing the justice system basically that too what what a hero what a hero batman is <laughs> yeah i like your harley pitch too because then you could tie it in deeper to her own psychosis like her florence nightingale syndrome of always yeah. falling in love with her patient so then harley falls in love with batman and starts <laughs> dressing up like a robin and everything's like why can't i be your sidekick <laughs> no get away from me shit <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Batman, as much as we can shit on the ending and as much as the ending deserved some shitting on, I would say this is probably the most clear, concise, and focused Tom King story in a bit. It had a it beginning, like middle, really... and end. <laughs> it did have a beginning, middle, and end. Although they never did actually explain if Mr. Freeze murdered those women or not. Oh, he and clearly who murdered fucking those did. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. did. But, but, I, but I beat him up, though, which means he should go free, even though he's guilty. He's probably going to go do it again. <laughs> he's probably going to go do it, and, and I'll beat him up again. But I won't savagely beat him up. I'll only beat him up the proper amount. <laughs> see, see what I mean about pulling the string on this sweater? If you think too much about it, the whole house of cards comes crumbling down. Yeah, yeah. This is this is why, like, when Sean Gordon Murphy did it, he did it in White Knight, which was an Elseworlds and Batman quit at the end of that story when he realized his own inherent hypocrisies. Yeah, he he had a he had a clear story, and 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 on, uh, oddly enough, that involved Harley Quinn in in as yes, like did. a linchpin in that as well. <laughs> sure did. And the biggest problem that keeps coming back in Tom King's Batman, hey Tom, d- do you like Batman? <laughs> d- do you want us to like Batman? Because like you're really writing an unlikable Batman. And if I can't be invested in him, who should I be invested in? <laughs> it's so fucking weird. But, you know, yeah. we've talked enough about Batman. What else would you like to talk about? Uh, let's talk about Justice League. Justice League, yes, that's right. Uh, we got another installment of this one. Again, you know, you, you didn't think it could get crazier, but then it got crazier. <laughs> it just keeps getting crazy. We got, we got Batman fighting Lex Luthor inside Superman's bloodstream. Yep. That was awesome. <laughs> Luther, who gets probably the sickest burn on Batman, saying, you know, you are you are a child motivated by your nightmares, but I'm a man motivated by my dreams. <laughs> Lex Luthor, he's, his return to villainy has been so good. It is, you know, Snyder, again, master of the game of this thing. It's, you know, he's comprised so many different versions of Lex Luthor from all over the place. You know, he's a little mad scientist. He's a little uh, Legion of Doom from the cartoon. He's a little of everything. Yeah, yeah. That's like all the villains in this, like like Sinestro as well. He's a little yeah. of like the stuff Venditti wrote for him as well as like Jeff Johns. And then again, like the, uh, the Super Friends and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they get a lot of different layers on here and a lot of different stuff. Uh, and, and again, Luther Luther just keeps winning every step of the way is the yeah. funny thing. He just can't be stopped. This is like the most he's ever actually won. Yeah, yeah, he just keeps on winning. Get, just can't stop. You're going to be tired of winning Lex Luthor at this <laughs> point. 
Uh, I, I like we get a very short scene with Black Manta and Cheetah in this book. And I love it because they come to this realization where it's like, I, I think we're lower tier villains than the other guys. I think, I think, I think they don't take us. Yeah, I don't think they take us seriously. Like they, like, like they put us on smash and grab duty. Meanwhile, they're getting brand new god powers and getting to go to the totality. What, what, what do we do? We're, we're picking up this key. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like that a lot. I like their team up as well because it's not a team up you would suspect either. No, no, not at all. And Cheetah's like, meh, I'm an archaeologist. I'm just happy to go here and look at some Atlantean <laughs> relics I've never seen before. And Black Manta's like, oh, God, Powers. I'm good. I'm good at stuff. I'm going to be in a movie. I'm good at stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was really cool. I liked um, uh, Barry kind of tapping into the still force a little bit there. Yeah, trying to get around it. Yeah, that was fun. That was cool. John Stewart using the Flash Mobile. <laughs> yes, that was really great. Where they're like, okay, you know what? If we we, we gotta to win this, we gotta pull all of our powers together, use them in unique ways. And you know, John, you've been fighting the uh, what is it? The ultraviolet powers for so long. But how about you give into them and try and get everyone else to you know give them up? Yeah, and and use them against Umbrax. <laughs> Yeah, it's smart and it ties into this bigger theme of, you know, Luthor thinking that, you know, humanity is beyond saving, that they're all terrible. They all, you know, follow their basis desires, which incidentally are also the source of the power of Umbrax and the Ultraviolet Lantern Corps. And here the League needs to come together and, you know, fight for the good that's in humanity. Yeah, and that good ends up bringing, making the Earth like a white lantern. Yeah, Maybe. hey, if Mogo if Mogo can be a Green Lantern, then Earth can be a White Lantern. Sure, Which, why not? It's going to be interesting to see if this actually ties in with like Doomsday Clock and what happened in the first couple of arcs of Hal Jordan, since um, mm. uh, it's it was seek to imply that the White Lanterns and the Blue Lanterns both went away because of Manhattan. Right. There was something to do with Manhattan, sort of like kill not killing them off, like stopping them from actually being able to be be a thing yeah i uh, i would love to see that happen but as dc stands right now i don't think it's gonna happen no. <laughs> i think the editors are all asleep at the wheel right now yes yeah, like, oh john said we couldn't do it <laughs> yeah uh snyder's better about it though because at least he's you know trying to be collaborative with other writers where he's like yeah. hey can i use the slow force over here sure you know i'll be sure to give you credit and i'll give it like a nice thing but if you want to know more about the still force go read flash yeah yeah exactly he's he's doing a really good job of like balancing out all these different forces and where they appear and sort mm -hmm. of having some type of roadmap. yeah most definitely uh, our, our mutual friend mitch said something funny on twitter that made me laugh where he's like huh you know all these different forces that the justice league have to deal with you know all these intrinsic forces in the universe that they got to get together you know the doorknob the key uh the still force the ultraviolet powers Hey, if these forces were kind of, you know, put down and made little stone-shaped things, wouldn't that be interesting? And, <laughs> and there's seven of them, and they're all multicolored for our convenience. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you saucy boy, Mitch, saying that this is basically an infinity event within the DC universe. It, it really is, except on, on my opinion, like a grander scale. And there's no Thanos. Yeah, yet. <laughs> Yet that would be something. Than a than dark side walks out of the source wall. Hey, yeah, he wants all of the source powers for himself, and he for collects himself. them in a gauntlet. Yeah, it's a gauntlet. No, it's a it's it's a necklace. <laughs> or no, it's a boot. It's the infinity boot. <laughs> a is what it is. boot. 
Oh, all the powers into my right foot. <laughs> oh, you know what? We did talk about uh, Batman in this issue. He got both his arms and legs broken. Yeah, that was pretty fun. That, that was really cool. And it, it, it also, like, matches up with, like, the next couple of issues because he's, like, out of the team for the next, like, two yeah. or three issues. I, I, I liked ultimately defiant Batman in this issue where it's like, well, Luther, your plan's been going really well so far. You covered every base, but you forgot one thing. I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> and I bring kryptonite into my best friend's body. Yeah. <laughs> to which I love that even disgust Luther was like, oh my God, you brought kryptonite <laughs> into Superman's body? Oh, with friends like you. <laughs> to think that even Luther would be disgusted. It was like, even I wouldn't think of that. <laughs> You need help, man. You need to go to Sanctuary or something. <laughs> but yeah, Justice League continues to be good. In fact, I would argue with Superman and Batman and Detective Comics and all these other normally regularly awesome books dropping the ball, I would say it's safe to say Justice League might be the best thing at DC currently. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. The best thing or one of two best things. What's the other best thing? I'm trying to think. I know Titans is pretty good, and that's tied into this story. Um, not Teen Titans, yeah. not the not the Black Sight Gulag Robin shit. <laughs> um, that that's pretty good. Supergirl is pretty good as well. Yeah, which is funny. We've completely swapped now. Now you're actually reading more DC books than me. <laughs> yeah, I, it was so weird this week where I'm like, well, I guess I'll. I guess i'll just get my two my two dc books the batman that i don't really like but this one was slightly better and improved and the justice league that's really good and uh all marvel books please <laughs> so weird such an odd feeling yeah so so what marvel books did you have uh well i guess the big one this week was extermination number one mm, i had that as well Yes, the big answer to what are we going to do with all these damn time-traveling X-Men? And the answer is, going to kill some of them, going to kidnap the rest. <laughs> that, that, that's literally what the issue The issue was, basically, death of the X-Men, like much like death of the Inhumans, just murdering them off or, or, or trapping them somewhere or kidnapping them or something. I'm surprised to see Cable play such a massive part in this story, which, again, makes me feel very much like old 90s X-Men events. This is what this felt like. Hey, dark alternate futures we need to stop. Hey, Cable is here. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it also feels like they they like, oh, Cable's kind of popular now thanks to Deadpool mm. 2, so we'll make him both a hero and a villain. At the same time, which is quite interesting how they do that. Hey, you know how we're using younger versions of everyone else? What would a young Cable look like? <laughs> well, now we know. <laughs> to which a bunch of people are like, uh-uh, it's not a young Cable, it's probably Strife. I'm like, then why do they call him Nathaniel Summers, a.k.a. <laughs> cable. Cable. And not Strife. At the end. <laughs> and not Strife. If they did that, that would kind of be cool, but even still. Uh, we even get like some stuff with Ahab, again, another yeah. villain from the Hope Summers timeline. Yeah, that was cool. And they yeah, they make reference to it with uh Rachel uh Summers and how she's kind of been changed into a hound. Yeah. I, I will say too, you know, for as much as I've dumped on the time traveling X Men, damn it, Ed Bresson, you actually made me care about the plight of young Cyclops here because he loses <laughs> his girlfriend and his time traveling older son all in one day. <laughs> that's just that's just harsh, man. That's just uncool. Yeah, and and one of his best friends, Bobby, gets kidnapped. Also gets kidnapped. That's also pretty weak. Yeah, possibly maybe killed. 
possibly who knows although the fact that we see young bobby drake in a tube and like several other tubes makes me think that you know young evil cable is doing like his own pokemon thing you gotta catch them all you gotta catch all the time traveling x-men and send them back at once to save the future i think that's what's gonna happen yeah but it's gonna go horribly horribly wrong somehow because doesn't it always and he'll end up creating a dark future a darker future yeah well i think we might have actually seen that because was it, it was like that one one of those one shot pages i think in like an x-men red where they were like yeah. all, there was like it was in the future and like the team was like fighting against i think maybe sentinels, sentinels or something yeah it was yeah. yeah that's that was called countdown to extermination and if you take that back up and combine it with all the other backups from the other x-men books at the time it tells one story oh cool which literally ends with young cable showing up at the mansion and being like oh everyone's dead i guess i better go back <laughs> that's literally how that story goes also too apparently original recipe cyclops is going to come back at some point too in this story yeah i'm interested to see how he's gonna make a reappearance considering you know he's dead yeah i i legitimately thought hooded guy was cyclops that's what i thought that's what i thought he's he's gonna be cyclops or a, a version of cyclops yeah which hey we were half right it's his kid <laughs> It was a Summers. It, it was a God Summers. God damn, we them Summers and their genocide. Yeah, d d damn, 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 Summers boys always messing up everything. <laughs> you can always bring it back to a Summers boy. It's it's funny too. This was like, again, because this is the first X-Men book I've read in forever. Literally anything I know about what's been going on in X-Men is stuff that you've told me. Mm hmm so to open it up and be like, hey, it's X-Men Blue, I remember them, and Bloodstorm. What the fuck is Bloodstorm? <laughs> took me a minute because I'm like, oh, that's just Storm. I'm like, but they're calling her Bloodstorm. I'm like, oh, this is the Vampire Storm. Oh, okay. From another dimension, I had to read that. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. They had goth Vampire Storm with a mohawk? Maybe X-Men Blue wasn't all bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have kept reading it because that sounds dope as fuck, and then they killed her. <laughs> i'm like well all right when you gotta go you gotta go <laughs> uh what else did you i actually had two x-men books this week so that's gonna blow people's minds awesome uh i had edge of spite again issue one okay so you read this i didn't i actually i have this in my pile i was considering reading it what was what was your take and did you read the original spider verse because this seems to be a sequel to it i didn't but i am familiar enough with it that i could read this okay um, good yeah this one it it's they're doing like one shot set in like each universe and this one's set in earth 138 or something with the um the spider punk spider-man oh um, i like him hobie brown yeah yeah and he's he's going about his business fighting um thunderstrike um and then thunderstrike gets killed by <laughs> kang the conglomerator ah that's funny and it's it's a version of kang from the future who's like a businessman <laughs> and um he's come back in time to kidnap hobie brown and take him to the future because in the future of 2099 of this universe right. spider-man's a big marketable hero and he's been turned into like a character basically spider what spider-man is to us he's a comic book movie oh. character and all that sort of stuff and wants to bring hobie back because he'll be a bona fide live spider-man and that's they'll send profits through the roof <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very christos gauge idea um obviously hobie doesn't want that to happen and wants to stop 
Kang from doing that. So he goes to his friends, uh, Captain Anarchy, which is the Captain America of this world. Um, nice because he's from a punk Britain time. Yeah. Yeah. For help. And they end up helping and he needs, he needs to get the uh, atomic bomb tape from him. And we don't know what this tape is or anything, <laughs> but we soon find out because he delivers the tape to a guy called Robbie who plays the tape and turns into the Hulk. <laughs> oh shit yeah so they're bringing back the whole robert bruce banner name and calling him robbie. Um, robbie if that's fun yeah they all end up like helping him defeat kang and kang like disappears because it's too risky to take take this guy now the profits are falling and whatnot um and yeah it, it ends with uh what's her name mayday summers uh mayday parker um coming and saying there's a big event happening you need gotta come with us so this was basically just, hey, here's a little spider punk story. Yeah. Here's hoping you like it. Basically, yeah. And then with like a little bit at the end that ties it into Spider-Geddon. Again, this is this is only Edge of Spider-Geddon, right? Or is yeah. this just full-on Spider-Geddon? This is the Edge of Spider-Geddon. Okay, so we're going to get a bunch of little stories before yeah. we even get the big story. Yeah, I think they're, those two characters are now moving on to the next universe. And I think by the end of it, they'll have like a little team that'll go into Spider-Geddon web warriors if you will yeah basically and then let's spin the web warriors off into a book that doesn't last because no one wants to read a team of spider people when they all have the same power <laughs> yeah and and all of them are just not the original peter parker <laughs> yeah yeah and then we'll have them fight a team of electros that has the exact same problem <laughs> uh yeah but yeah. no it, it was a really cool book and i i, I really want to see more of hobie brown's world because it's really interesting it, it was one of the coolest ones in the original uh, Edge of Spider-Verse. We only saw it for a second, but it was really awesome that he's, like, fighting the corp and everything looks like it was made by Liquid Television. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Kang the Conglomerator as a villain is so interesting and, like, an interesting spin on Kang that I want to I see agree. come back. <laughs> yeah, come on. We at least need more Kang the Conglomerator over his, here. His design was even really cool. He's, like, got the Kang head, but he's wearing, like, a purple suit. I like it. Like I like it. See, I think you, I think you've sold me on this now. And again, anyone who's hyped for that new Spider-Man game, guess who one of the big new costumes is? Spider-Punk. Yeah. All right. So there was there was some anarchy in the UK for us. Mm. Uh, what else did I have? Did I have much else? Ba dum ba dum ba dum. Okay, I have three. Well, actually, no, technically four more. Okay. I guess keeping on the X-Men track, I'll talk about this one because I just read it. I read Astonishing X-Men Annual, number one. How was that? Uh, it had nothing to do with the X-Men story that's going on right now with Havoc and his D-list uh, mutants who need to redeem themselves. <laughs> it was all about Beast and Angel and Iceman and the return from the grave, Jean Grey, all getting together to basically have like a class reunion. Okay. And they're really sad because it's like, oh, our class is way smaller now because, like, everyone's dead. <laughs> oh. And then, yeah. And then in strolls uh, Charles Xavier, who is, of course, currently in the body of Phantom X. Yeah. And he's like, hey, everyone, I'm around in a thing, but no one talks about me in other books. So I just wanted to make sure you all knew I existed. I, I'd always wondered what happened that because that was like the first arc of Astonishing X-Men, wasn't it? Where you like yep. came out of the, the Shadow King's world and into Phantom X. And then like, I never heard of it ever again. Then it affected no other X-Men book and it still might not. The funny thing is, is that, uh, what is it? Xavier and Phantom X's body is an asshole. <laughs> 
Like, maybe Xavier was always an asshole, but the idea is is that being killed this last time has completely killed his chill. Like, he just doesn't give a shit anymore. He just doesn't give a fuck anymore. He's got he, no he time lost... for pleasantries. <laughs> yeah, he lost his last fuck. He lost his last fuck. In fact, he's actually acting a lot more like Magneto now. <laughs> Which is hilarious, because apparently people who are reading Magneto in the other books say he's actually acting more like Xavier now, saying, oh, we need to come together, we need to help people, we need to do this, that, and the other, where this new, younger Xavier's like, fuck him. <laughs> is what I say. But uh, his deal is like, hey, let's go to Lago. It's like, oh, what's Lago? Oh, it was a town uh, that you'll recall from early on in your careers. Uh, a mutant girl was killed here by anti-mutant protesters. And I told you kids to never go here because this town was mutant racist. <laughs> but as they walk around the town, everyone is super nice with them. Yeah. And they're like, well, this is strange. What's up with that? Why is everyone acting so cool? Uh, turns out Lucifer... Not the devil, but, like, the guy who originally crippled Xavier. Oh, God. Who uh, is, like, not a person, but, like, a weird alien parasite has come to the town. And he's, uh, like, invasion of the body snatchering people. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and, like, Xavier's like, we gotta stop this dude. But more importantly than that, we totally need to kill him. <laughs> and Beast and Gene and everyone is like, we're not gonna be your friggin' hit squad. Uh, Xavier, and he's like, me, 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 I'm not gonna be your hit squad. Oh, you fucking ungrateful kids. And they make it like a whole big, why is dad acting like an asshole? It's like, oh, why are my kids so ungrateful for me? And in the end, Angel just freaks out, becomes Archangel, and kills the guy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then Xavier wipes their mind, because it's like, well, this is awkward, wiping your mind so you don't remember this. <laughs> so I'm an asshole. <laughs> oh, God. And that's the thing. It was a fun little story, and it's basically saying, like, yeah, Xavier's back now. He will play a big part in X-Men moving forward, but he might not be 100% a good guy anymore. Oh, well, I suppose that's interesting. It's a nice little twist there where it's like, look, you know, we've always turned uh, Magneto good, evil, good, evil, anti-hero. What if Magneto was more gooder, and what if uh, Xavier was more eviler? <laughs> yeah, well, Magneto's still, like, kind of a villain, sort of, but not yeah. really. Yeah, he kind of, he kind of seems to go back and forth. Wasn't he running X Men Blue in the uh, beginning? Kinda like he was he was originally meant to be helping them develop a time travel device so they could go back in time and back to their original time. But then Secret Empire happened and nothing mm. happened with that. I don't and know he, what happened. Did, and didn't he use it selfishly for himself? Like he wanted to travel into the far future, hoping oh in the future there'll be no more X Men and I can rule. Ah crap, that's right. X Men are the only teams that survive into the future in Marvel. <laughs> god damn it you, you think i would know this <laughs> but yeah so it was, a, it was a fun week for x-men books yeah that's cool i imagine your next three books too are the next three that i had as well uh maybe yeah maybe probably um i obviously had infinity wars i know you did as well i certainly did yeah it was it was all right it was, it was good. fun I it was good you know it's 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 very event storytelling where it's like oh no so and so died all these characters died yeah they'll be back though yeah yeah oh like the start of this issue or end of last issue we have you know peter quill die and the start of this issue stephen strange brings him back with the with the time stone yeah no nah, he's cool he's fine everybody <laughs> didn't mean to scare you i uh 
I like Doctor Strange spends a good chunk of this book just trying to get Turk Barrett off the field. <laughs> he is like, you can't be here. Your money's not going to help. Gaboro will mm-hmm. just fuck you up. Just give me the yes. stone. I'll look after it. Come on, give me the stone. Give me the stone. Yeah. You, you can keep all the money you've stolen already, but this is a Marvel event and you're a D-lister. <laughs> At best, you former stilt man, you're going to die out there. <laughs> And hey, in a fun bit, Turk actually gets Doctor Strange to owe him a favor, which you figure the Sorcerer Supreme owes you a favor. That ain't bad. That's going to be pretty cool. I hope that pops up in his um in Doctor Strange's ongoing. I wonder, or if that'll be a payoff at the end of this story. It definitely felt like a, hey, pay attention to this for later. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what, else? What, what else happened there? Oh, yeah, Gil- Gamora seems to be, like, haunted or, like, possessed by Thanos or something. Yeah, she cut off his head, but his head didn't stop talking to him. Very Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah, and and it's constantly she sees visions of him, and he's like, "Oh, you better kill Grat Drax, cause why not?" Yeah, it's like, is she going crazy, or is Thanos really talking to her? Yeah, that that's very interesting. I, I would I wouldn't have pegged Gamora to go bad, but I guess she technically started as a villain. So did Drax, for that matter. Well, see, so she's she's not particularly going evil. Like she. she all intents and purposes is but like her intentions aren't evil she wants the the, the soul stone and no one's yeah. going to give it to her and this is the only way she can get it so she has to take it because everyone else is all tied up in their own bullshit and she feels that her friends and her teammates have all been ignoring her and yeah. that this is a all of this murdering is just a cry for attention really yeah and it's even better uh, like if you read all of uh jerry duggan's guardians mm. run and everything it, it all like sort of carries on from there yeah, which I think a lot of people missed, uh, myself included. I had to get it summed up for me. I, I dig that in this issue, she finally reclaims the soul stone and gets the piece of herself back that was lost. But then she's like, oh, oh, this is kind of awkward now as I stand ankle deep in the blood of Avengers <laughs> and Guardians and everything. Yeah, having oh. just gotten all of the Infinity Stones quicker than like Thanos has ever gotten them. <laughs> Yeah, all by playing possum too. Yeah, that that part was so genius that with the reality stone and, and and Carol, how like Carol like uses Morse code and Cap's the one to figure that out because of course Cap would know Morse code. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, and, and I think was as some... well this issue like sort of teases how those um amalgamation War books yeah, yeah. happening since we see like Cap and doctor strange sort of like fused by the reality stone or something yeah yeah that was that was interesting i'm like okay that's that's a fun pitch for because again we're only two issues in and we gotta have all those warp tie-ins yeah because it's like yeah how the hell are we gonna get here because two issues in i didn't see how we were gonna get there no i still don't either. i think we've got like issue three and then the the warped issue starts so maybe issue three is like the big one right absolutely uh and funny too loki shows up to remind you hey i'm still part of this story too <laughs> yeah somehow in the in the soul stone yeah or like well again he showed up with his biographer and his viking longship because apparently what loki wants and what gamora want are kind of linked for whatever reason yeah yeah his story was really weird as well in the last issue where he f- met like himself but it was like himself but as thor yeah, with all the Infinity Stones. Like, he met a better version of himself. Yeah, yeah. At the God Garden that was shown in the Thanos book. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice touch. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's really not much to say about that one. It was enjoyable. I don't know where they're going yet, but sometimes it's nice to not know where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what else did we have here? Uh, oh, I had Iron Man. Mm-hmm, I did as well. 
Iron Man, uh, which was really more of a Jocasta story. It was it, it, it was it, it was a um, Jocasta Machine Man <laughs> abusive relationship story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some real some real domestic violence going on here, <laughs> robo domestic violence. Yeah, I I, I did enjoy Machine Man's. Uh, appearance this issue how he's talking about like is robo you're appropriating robo culture and culture tony <laughs> you dick it's like look you you wear robot skin well technically it's iron it's it's armor you know it pre uh, predates you're not even made of iron <laughs> cyberspace is for cyber people <laughs> people you dick and the bar that he drinks at is called the uncanny valley yeah <laughs> That was a nice touch. When he enters the Ready Player One virtual reality to fight Tony, he does so by looking like a bigger, meaner version of his old costume. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And yeah, the mask that he has to wear is like a, a like a, a version of his old costume. Um, yeah. And I, I like as well that Tony, when he's in, in the virtual reality, he's Doctor Strange. Chooses to look like Doctor Strange because I'm a master of code. <laughs> which is the best kind of sorcery. Yeah, but no, it, it was a really cool issue, and I, I like what uh, Dan Slott's been doing with Jocasta and yeah. sort of trying to make her uh, have a bit of a character arc where, where mm -hmm. she wants to become more human. Yeah, they're building a really strong supporting cast for Iron Man. Even, uh, even the new guy Tony hired, uh, Andy, seems to have the hots for Tony's mom, and it might not be a one-way street. No, I, I think something's going to happen there, and it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, hey, you were the kid who, like, kicked my ass at robot fights. Now I'm dating your mom. <laughs> he Revenge. Got, he, he, yeah, he got it. That was his That was his plan, that Andy's really a villain. <laughs> yeah, his his long, long uh, play villainy. Speaking of long play villains, too, uh, the mind-controlled chief of security who more or less dumps all of her wrongdoings on Machine Man. Yeah, I, I actually really like this controller story, how it's, like, tying into all of these little arcs in one shot. Yeah. in like really cool way yeah it's a really good way to build it up while also building a supporting cast show tony worrying about his future now that he's come back from the dead and he doesn't quite feel right it's very it's very well paced and put together it really is i'm really enjoying it. i'm looking forward to next issue as well because i think that's going to be the issue everyone's going to be outraged about have you seen the cover for next issue oh yeah him and janet <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's about time janet was happy all of her other relationships have been total duds yeah yeah although that's another thing infinity war is trying to do infinity war is actually trying to fix the character of hank pym and get him closer to how he is in the movies trying to but i don't know whether that's gonna happen <laughs> it's gonna be a little rough I, i'd like it if you know uh hank pym's like hey i've reformed i'm good now where's my wife janet oh <laughs> oh hank sit sit a minute man you got you we gotta tell you some things uh, well, what do you mean? Oh, no, she's dating Tony. I can't compete with that. He's as smart as me, but he's richer. <laughs> I don't know why my Hank Pym sounds like Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas, movie house. Oh, God. <laughs> That's two Jimmy Stewart references I made because I made fun of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington at the top yeah. of the show. As well. <laughs> God damn, Joel, Jimmy what's Stewart happening special. You? Yeah, god damn it. Is this is this what the Alzheimer's feels like, Matt? Is this the dementia sitting in? <laughs> well, you say, they say by the end, Joel can only talk about Jimmy Stewart movies. <laughs> Which was rough, because he's maybe only seen like two. <laughs> His repertoire was really small. <laughs> uh, and
And uh, I guess the last one I read this week was, of course, Thor. Did you read it as well? I did. I think we released our videos at the exact same time with the exact same thumbnail. Of course we did. See, this is the thing, Matt. We've worked together so long. Our minds are (laughs) melding into one. If you think something's cool, there's a chance I think it's cool, too. (laughs) It's very true. Like, I'm sure people think, like, did they work on that? Did they do that purposely? No, no. In fact, we're (laughs) kept apart by different time zones, and yet we still end up doing it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Thor, this is the end of the first new uh, Marvel Fresh Start arc. Yeah, the the, the first shot in the War of the Realms. Yeah, which they've been building up to for so long. They they really have, haven't they? (laughs) Like, literally since Jason Aaron started back when you and I worked somewhere else. Yeah. It's... This is... It's been a saga. It's been an epic. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's been really great. This this last arc of the wedding of Balder and Hela and everything has been really great. And... This one finally answering the question, hey, what, weren't Hela and Thanos a thing back at the end of Uncanny Thor? Yep. Is, yeah, but they're not now because he wants to go back to to death and uh, and the Infinity Stones, and he just doesn't give a fuck about Hela. Yeah, although it's so wonderful that, like, wow, you know, Thanos is a real gentleman that he went there to break up with her. We're breaking up. <laughs> yes, like, you didn't lift a finger, and like, he just kill lifts a finger and kill kills a fire goblin, then leaves. <laughs> yeah, I did it. Bye. Man, Thanos would be the worst wedding guest because, for one, he shows up and crashes. You know, he drinks everything at the free bar and he didn't even bring a gift. <laughs> and then he just yells at the DJ, play the chicken dance, play it or else. <laughs> Do not enrage the Mad Titan. <laughs> and the fact that Hella was actually a little upset that Thanos yeah. dumped her. <laughs> yeah, she, she seemed very upset, though. I think she was more upset because she didn't get what she wanted and that was her throne. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you promised you'd help me. (laughs) Yeah, lied. I do that. Also, remember when I said I was wearing space protection? A was lying too. (laughs) You have space aids. (laughs) Thanos out. (laughs) Wow, Thanos really is the worst. (laughs) Never call me again. (laughs) Well, geez, you know, Thanos, I tried calling you, but it's just a pizza place in Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, oh yeah, that uh, that 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 happens. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Balder gets a cool moment. He gets to lead, you know, the good forces of the dead against the evil forces of the dead. Yeah, as as Thor is, uh, brings back the Valkyries and the warriors of Valhalla, which is really cool. Oh yeah, that's that that's the album cover moment right there is what I call it. <laughs> There's lots of album cover moments in this series. Oh yeah. Oh, Mike Delmundo's really good at that. The 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 one that really sells it is the one that you and I both picked as thumbnail images when Thor briefly picks up the crown of the dead, puts it on his head. It's like, ooh, now I am Thor, the Deathbringer, King of Hell. <laughs> I like that as well because like he gave him like a taste of of power again since he, he doesn't particularly have all his all his abilities at the moment, and he's using like like a one use hammers and stuff so like yeah. he got that little bit of god power back and he liked it he wanted to keep he wanted to keep the mask on and keep keep the campaign against cinder up <laughs> yeah and, and he got a new hammer for a second Ooh, this hammer is made from blood and ice awesome <laughs> everything i do is so metal <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, the wedding actually ends up going through, but it's not who we think it's going to be. It's Hela and yeah. Carnilla. 
Yeah, Carnella sneaks on in there because she loves Boulder so much. She couldn't let him be torn apart on his wedding night. I'm like, was that something we thought was going to happen? <laughs> okay. Apparently, even even Thanos makes a joke about that. You're tearing this Asgardian apart. <laughs> apart? Really? Is she that bad, Ella? <laughs> I just assumed she was going to give him the cold shoulder and they were all going to sleep in separate beds in the land of the dead, but apparently not. <laughs> uh, and then he gets like, i guess banished somewhere for his troubles uh, loki, well yeah well yeah uh, loki seemingly brings him back to life yeah yeah he gets banished back to the living and then two gets sent to valhalla instead of thor yeah they had a trade-off there where it's like oh that was nice we saw all the odinson's sons together for a minute yeah and now balder's back to life and now boulder's back to life which is good because they're gonna need all the help they can get if they're gonna stop malekith well, do you think he's going to help or do you think he's going to turn? Because of like mm. what, what Carnilla did and everything. He's like, fuck these people. That That's something they could definitely play on. Malekith could definitely play that card being like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll hurt her and we'll hurt the realm of the dead if you don't help us out. Exactly, exactly. We also got to see the forever shifting loyalties and morality of Loki as a character where it's like, you know, Hey, in this book, I'm good. In this book, I'm evil. In this book, you know, I do a little of everything. Yeah. And, uh, at the end of this, he ends up like kind of tricking Thor. And st- it, w- what does he steal exactly? Cause I know at the end they have like that, that page where, where there's like something missing and I, I can't, couldn't remember what exactly it was. Well, he takes the beer that he's drinking and then he takes the picture of his mom that he was yeah, in and that hung was up it. at the place. That was it. Yeah. Oh, Loki's such a mama's boy all this time later. <laughs> also, you bastard, you took the beer I was drinking. <laughs> Yoink. That was his only beer. Yeah. And after this case and the next case, there's only one case left. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. Thor continues to be fun. It's just like it feels weird to continually just be showering so much praise on Jason Aaron all this time later to be like, the man's never had a bad issue. He hasn't really, though, has he? He's probably had like like less than perfect issues but yeah yeah every issue even like when he was doing like star wars and stuff all his stuff was amazing yeah this has been this has to be one of the most consistent runs i have ever read in my time the fact that he's not showing any signs of slowing down because it's like hey how are you going to top this one oh uh phoenix powered wolverine of the future it's it's really quite funny because we have like jason Aaron here and then like tom king and the other both like long writers of a established character and both executing it in wildly different ways it's true it really it really is true yeah and it's it's, uh he's doing a really good job he is it's absolutely nuts i think if it continues at this rate for like the fourth year in a row when i make my top 10 must read comics of the year thor will be on it again yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be up there for me it's gonna be hard to pick a there's been so many good comics this year so far it has been in fact we did a best comics of 2018 so far episode yeah i think we even talked about thor on there i think i think we must have yeah but yeah so that was everything i read did you read anything else no that's everything i read all right, so that sounds like a show, everyone. We hope you enjoyed uh, listening to it as much as Matt and I enjoyed doing it. Yeah. Uh, any parting thoughts, Matt? Anything uh, you want the people to go see, hear about? Anything you're doing? Oh, uh, I'm I'm just still catching up on so many comics from like my week away and everything. They're just piled up, so I'll be I like just caught up on all of the hunt for Wolverine. So people got like five issues all in the space uh. of like an hour. So, yeah. <laughs> 
is he's still returning Wolverine all this time later. <laughs> and and none of those books really had anything to do with his return. <laughs> and I like that they were all leading to something called Dead Ends. <laughs> yeah, that's where it's all going, where it's like, hey, you really only need to read the first issue and the last issue. <laughs> yeah. There was that, that really cool part. thing in Adamantium Agenda where Laura did learn that she actually is Wolverine's legitimate child, though. That's right, I saw that. That was cool. Yeah, that's that was fun enough. I dig that up. <clears throat> yeah, same going on on my channel that you've always known. We got reviews coming out. We got videos. We got this podcast. It's be coming up on Wednesday, so we'll have a whole, whole new set of books to talk about. I've been trying to do more Twitch stuff recently. I've been playing Arkham Asylum, and I've been taking donations for my upcoming New York trip. I've raised. I think like 86 bucks so far, and my goal is 500. So thank you everyone who's done that. I know some people have used the PayPal tip jar to help out with that. I really appreciate it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's nice. Although as the thing I found out later, someone rained on my parade. It's like, yeah, Joel, like 74 of that you got was via like Twitch bits and Twitch cheers. Yeah, that takes like 45 days to clear. Oh no, really? Yeah, so that'll be like wow. 10 days after your trip, you'll actually get most of that money. I'm like, good damn it. Jeez. <laughs> I know. Again, goes to show how much I know about Twitch. Yeah, wow, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Also, hey, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this episode first before anyone else. You become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. We had our best patron turnout ever last month, so let's see if we can keep it up. Would be awesome. much appreciated. Uh, you can get else? the show on iTunes. You can get the show on iTunes. That is also linked in the description. If you're an Apple person, please do. And also, hey, if you could give us a rating and you could give us a review, that would also be really good because I think it helps our searchability. Yeah. Which would also be nice. Also, the numbers are up on SoundCloud, too. So if you've been listening to the show on SoundCloud, which goes up on Thursdays, uh, words tongue-tied, uh, much appreciated. Yeah, thanks was what I was trying to say. So, uh, yeah, not much else to say after that. No, no. I guess with that, I will officially bring this episode of the Comic Multiverse to a close. Gavel, gavel. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.